Thank you for listening to our sermon podcast. If you would like more information about First Baptist Church of Silva, please visit firstbaptistsilva.com. The psalmist tells us to count our days, but the Broadway song tells us to count our minutes. The prayer goes, teach us to count our days that we may gain a wise heart. But it's the Broadway song that goes 525,600 minutes. How do you measure a year in life? Whether we count seconds, minutes, hours, days, or cups of coffee, the purpose of counting is the same. That is, to appreciate the gift of life and to savor what God has given us. Psalm 90 is identified as a prayer of Moses, which means that the prayer is offered from a particular perspective in Israel's history. This prayer is classified as a prayer of lament. That is an acknowledgement of grief. We remember, of course, that Moses had something to grieve. Oh yes, Moses led an extraordinary life and was both the mouthpiece of God and the hand of God in numerous circumstances. But Moses, as you may recall, was not allowed to enter the promised land. That's not a small thing. We remember, of course, that during Moses' day and age, there was no Hebrew homeland. There was no earthly king. There was no temple to process into. So those who would have prayed this prayer would have known Moses' story And they would have known their own stories of difficulty also. God's people by this point would have been familiar with exile, of not having a home, or even a hope for a good future. So this this prayer then professes that God is the people's gravity in a reality of dizzying freefall. Lord, you've been our dwelling place in all generations. Dwelling place. I I love that image. It recalls for us this idea that God is our refuge and strength. A dwelling place is, it's the best way I can describe it, home. God is our dwelling place. For me, I can't help but to remember a trip I took to Ireland some years back with my family. I was doing my doctoral studies in the Celtic origins of the church in Western Europe, in Scotland, and in Ireland, and had the chance to visit Glendalough. It's just outside of Dublin. And we were privileged the day that we were there to be just on the cusp of the island nation digging out from a historic snowstorm. Glendalough is an ancient 
Christian community that is now nothing more than the ruins of ancient places of worship, of an intentional community now revealed only in gravestones and Celtic crosses. But it is set in the most idyllic and beautiful setting, a series of lakes sheltered by these mountains on either side. It is a thin place. It is, in fact, that place where the membrane between this world and the next is so very thin, you can feel it. And that morning, as my family went to explore other parts of Ireland, giving me the chance to think, consider, study, and pray, I had Glendalough to myself, covered in snow, silent as a whisper. I stood in a place of great holiness, touching St. Kevin's cross, this ancient Celtic cross that was a symbol of God's work then, in their present, and in the future. And I felt at home in this alien place. Yes. God is our dwelling place, and you have those moments yourself, whether it's at your grandmother's house with the creek out back, or if it's up the holler, or in a cul-de-sac, or a living room, or a cemetery. These are places where we have felt at home in God's presence, where we've felt that God is our refuge and our strength. And we see that revealed in this prayer, an acknowledgement that in the midst of the tumultuousness of life, God is our dwelling place. And it's a good thing because we are fragile creatures, temporary in the eyes of God's eternity, fleeting like the autumn leaves. The psalmist prays, for a thousand years in your sight, or like yesterday when it's past, or like a watch in the night, you sweep them away. They're like a dream, like grass that it's renewed in the morning. In the morning it flourishes and is renewed. In the evening it fades and withers. And yet, even though our lives are but a whisper, God loves us still. Some of you all will know that this psalm is frequently read at funerals and at memorial services. And we can see why. The person who offers this prayer is well aware of their fragility, of their being finite in the midst of God's infinity. We know, of course, that when a loved one's life is snuffed out, that moment of grief becomes a fitting moment to contemplate our own life. Or at least that's what one funeral director thought. A funeral home in South Carolina opened up a cafe at its establishment. A cozy little nook there that looked a lot like a Starbucks, gourmet coffee, a fireplace, a TV screen. And why? I don't know, perhaps to give us a chance to consider 
think, sit with life, death, our own mortality, or maybe to be distracted. A national publication had a contest to name this coffee house in a funeral home. Here were some of the suggestions. The Grim Roaster. The Last Cup. Decoffinated. Purgatory. Be nice knowing you. See you latte. But these were the the top three winners. Third place, latte for your own funeral. Second place, still above grounds cafe. And the grand winner, time to meet your mocha. They're terrible, aren't they? (laughs) I know, you secretly want me to read the others. I know, it's true. Y'all, when we take stock of our own lives and count the days as the psalmist suggests, it's hard not to deal with some facts. Number one, and namely, life can be exceedingly difficult, if not outright cruel. Second, in light of the covenant that we have with God, just as the Hebrews did, We deserve God's anger and wrath because of our sins. We've broken our promise with God. We have all fallen short of God's glory. And lastly, at best, what do we have here? What, 60, 70 years? The psalmist says that the days of our life are 70 years, or perhaps 80 if we are strong. Even then, their span is only toil and trouble. They are soon gone, and we fly away. I told you, this was a lament. But life is not all lament. There is wonder and sublime joy in the events and circumstances in which we find ourselves I think the great writer Friedrich Beekner says it well. He says, here's the world. Beautiful and terrible things will happen. Do not be afraid. Because God is our dwelling place, our journey through life doesn't have to be filled with fear. The God of the universe, the God of all eternity is our home. And the way that God's people can live a life that's rich and abundant is to be mindful of the gift of life that God has given us. And that's why we're invited to count our days so that we may gain wisdom on how best to use the time that we've been given. I like how the singer John Mellencamp puts it. At the age of 72, this musician is grappling with the realities of life. And he says, I intend to make my ending good. I'm hoping it's one of those long, lingering deathbed conversations. A lot of people go, oh, I hope I just die quickly. Not me, he says. I need time to put things right. So we count the days and the holidays 
We count the Thanksgivings and the times when our families went to chop down a tree for Christmas. Remember, y'all, we, we cannot count that which we cannot or choose not to see. So we pray for our eyes to be open to blessing more than our eyes are open to our own pain, our own slights, our own rejections, our own disappointments. Now that's not to say that these moments are not important elements in our story, but the hard moments are not the only parts of our story. Because of the gift of life and the saving power of Christ Jesus, our our Lord, life is more than just grief. Redemption figures prominently in our life story and gives us hope that it won't always feel or be like it is right now. Instead of dwelling in grief, we're invited to dwell in God's eternal presence who, even though he is the creator of the universe, he still and especially loves and cares for us. I think that makes the gift of life that much more special. Carl Sagan once went outside and peered up into the night sky and said, the universe is a pretty big place. If it's just us, it seems like an awful waste of space. I disagree. Since the universe is so ridiculously immense, and if we are the only ones in it, I think that makes it that much more valuable to God that we live in this universe that he's created. Think about it. God created the universe for us. And perhaps only us. We are that much more beloved, that much more special, because God made it all just for us. When we have a better appreciation for the gift of life that God has given us, we'll begin to count more than just our days. We'll count conversations with friends. We'll count afternoons with a beloved pet. We'll count the songs that we've sung in harmony with loved ones. We'll we'll count ice cream cones that we've eaten. We'll count the drives on the Blue Ridge Parkway. We'll count thunderstorms in the spring. We'll count the homecomings, the smiles, the accomplishments, the embraces. We count God's blessings because these blessings tune our attention to God's love and generosity. And that's what makes us wise. Awareness of of God's gifts recalibrates our expectations and gives us perspective and resiliency when we experience the rough edges of life. And ultimately, we pray the same prayer that the psalmist prays, that God will prosper the work that we do here in the time that we've been given. It's so good, the psalmist prays it twice. Let the favor of the Lord our God be upon us and prosper for us the work of our hands. Oh, prosper the work of our hands. But back to that funeral home in South Carolina that wants us to have a cup of coffee while we contemplate our own mortality. 
Meditating on the reality of our own death may sound morbid and hauntingly depressing, but let's linger there for a moment. Sitting with the reality of our own death is certainly not new. And it's actually a common exercise, not only contained to the Christian faith, but as for we Christians, each year we pause on Ash Wednesday, the beginning of the season of Lent, a time of preparation for what God would do for us because our lives are so valuable. We begin that entire process by remembering our mortality. Remember, the good book tells us, remember that you are dust and to dust you shall return See, us taking a moment and acknowledging for yourself that we are not long for this world. That actually brings greater depth and an abundance of life to the seconds, minutes, hours, days, and cups of coffee that we get the chance to savor. It's Steve Jobs who says, Remembering that I'll be dead soon is the most important tool I've ever encountered to help me make the big choices in life. Because almost everything, all external expectations, all pride, all fear of embarrassment or failure, these things just fall away in the face of death, leaving only what is truly important. So the word that you're looking for right now, brothers and sisters, is the word perspective. Because counting our days gives us perspective to recognize the gifts that God has given you and me in this life. So use it well, friends. Use God's gift well. Let us pray. For the gift of the breath that we breathe, God, we say thank you. For this morning, even with our aches and pains, arthritis and headaches, thank you, God. Thank you, God, for the sunrise, the frost in the valleys, the people that we've encountered, the deliciousness of that second and third cups of coffee. Thank you, God, for your innumerable blessings. We praise you, God, for you have chosen to give each and every one of us life. So help us to use it well by being mindful of each moment, each second. Each circumstance, even the ones that feel bitter. Transform the time that we have, God. And prosper the work of our hands. For it's in Jesus' name that we pray these things. Amen.